0: I discovered a great metalcore band on the internet this week. How many people have heard of As I Lay Dying? Okay, you're going to hear a song right now. This is called uh, Nothing Left. Got lyrics, Dave? there's more than this and I know there's more than you. Like those gasping for their last breath, we cannot hide. There's nothing left. Now you know why I did the meet and greet because it's all downhill from there. (laughs) The sermon title, As My Faith Lay Dying, Cheery, Cheery, Cheery Thoughts. I don't think I've ever told these stories, but one of the guys who helped lead me to Christ lost his faith. I kind of watched it get beat out of him not only by his own bad choices, but by the church, people in the church and just the world as it is, until he had nothing left. He uh, picked me up hitchhiking one time, invited me to a Young Life Club. In high school, he had been one of the standouts, star athlete, well respected by everybody, known for being the, the, the Christian kid in the high school. As a matter of fact, when it came time to have obvious examples of abstinence, He was the one picked from the whole student body to be the example of what it meant to be sexually pure. And um, Then things started taking a dive. I didn't find out why until later. It seems that uh, he had impregnated one of the Young Life Girls and then another young life leader paid for the abortion and it kept going downhill from there Um, couldn't do it anymore, couldn't couldn't put on the, the Christian face, couldn't muster up any faith and soon he was nowhere working a regular business job Married a woman who, to my knowledge, was not a believer. And for many years thereafter, was not walking with the Lord, last I knew. The girl, the Young Life Club girl who got pregnant and had the abortion, was a friend of mine. I used to take her to Young Life Club. And... uh, She fell away from the faith as well, married a non-believer, had a child, and the last I heard of her was when she stepped off the Golden Gate Bridge. And if you're around long enough in this thing we call the Christian life, then you will have similar stories. I can assure you that if you talk to anybody on the street, you will find stories of people who have slowly had the faith knocked out of them one year at a time. Whether it comes from a house with sexual abuse or physical abuse, abandonment by those who love them the most, Getting involved in the wrong kinds of activities, suffering the consequences, and then slowly but surely, God seems farther and farther away. Until the fire that once burned so brightly, that gave spiritual light to all those around, is now nothing but a pile of ashes. We have such a story in tonight's reading. There is a father who seems to have his faith draining and draining and draining for years and years and years until he finally comes in contact with Jesus. So um, if you have a Bible, you can open it up to Mark chapter 9. I'm going to be using the New Living Translation. It'll be on the wall behind me. I'm going to stop as I normally do going through a passage and just give you some background information. This is what I call the Bible study portion of the talk. 914 through 29, the Gospel of Mark. When they returned to the other disciples they saw a large crowd surrounding them. Now who are they? they, if you remember from two weeks ago, are Jesus, Peter, James, and John. Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John up to the mountain where the transfiguration occurred. Jesus' robe became gleaming white. His face shone. All of a sudden, the prophet Moses and the prophet Elijah were standing next to him. And a cloud enveloped them. The voice of God was heard speaking. It was the archetypical mountaintop experience. And so, they're now on their way down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and they see the other nine disciples surrounded by a crowd of people. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Now, Jesus has been on a trip before this, it seems almost to get away from these teachers of the religious law. He went to Tyre, which is on the coast up in Phoenicia. He went to Sidon. Uh, It seems like he was trying to get away from this for a while, that this big, giant loop, and then finally comes back to where the Jewish people are living. Comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and there are his old Nemesis, the teachers of the law, the religious leaders of the day are arguing with his disciples. Obviously, if you were a disciple, even at this point, much better to have been with Jesus on the mountaintop than down here. Now there was a crowd there also, because in verse 15 it says, when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. So it's like one of those little cartoons. Everybody huddled over here around these nine guys. Oh, look, it's Jesus. And they all run over here to where Jesus and the other three are. And so Jesus asked the question, what is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. Verse 17. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher. Teacher. I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. Now, does Jesus seem a little bit miffed? Just a little. And I don't really think he's upset with the man. Uh, Because he's saying it's plural. I mean, you faithless people. I guess he could include the man. But my guess is, He may be disappointed in his disciples. Disappointed in the crowd. Disappointed in the Pharisees and the scribes and the teachers of the law. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. Now, picture yourself... You're Jesus, just having come down from the mountain, all right? It was a mountaintop experience for you as well. You got to hear the voice of your father. You got to hang out with two of your best homeboys up on the mountaintop. And you come down to this scene. This is about as far from heaven as one can get, right? And the Mount of Transfiguration is about as close as one can get on this earth. And so this... Father says what's going on, the boy is brought to him, and as soon as the boy sees Jesus, as soon as the demons in the boy see Jesus, they throw the boy down to the ground, and he starts this convulsing again. And then I would expect Jesus at this point to say something, to say, stop, to say, come out of him, to do something, but... (laughs) He turns to the dad. I always think this is hilarious in a dark, comedic sort of way. So picture this boy convulsing on the ground, and Jesus turns to the father and says, How long has he been like this? How long has this been happening? I'm sure Jesus had a good reason for asking that question. He replied, since he was a little boy. The Spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Now, okay, so let's look at this thing. This father has a little boy who is violently ill. If you're any kind of a compassionate father at all, This is not the first time you've tried to address the problem. First of all, it's not the kid's fault. The kid is too young. There's no sin that the kid could have done that would have caused this kind of thing, right? This evil spirit has attached itself to this kid, and he has not been able to speak or hear since he was a little boy. And so his dad's probably taken him all sorts of places, To get healed. There are sacrifices that you make in the Old Testament law when you're asking for this kind of thing. You would go talk to the priests. You would go talk to any kind of doctors that are in the land. If there was another healer and there were healers abounded, people traveling around healing or attempting to heal, you would have gone to them. And so finally, finally, you hear about Jesus and, you know... This faith has almost been beat out of you. You're, you're thinking, I, I don't know. I don't think God's listening to me. I've been praying about my kid. It's not even for me. I'm not, it's not even a selfish prayer. I'm praying for my kid for years, and I'm trying to find out, God, will you please heal him somehow? And I come to this the Jesus guy, but he's gone. He's gone up to a mountaintop. But his followers are there, and they tell you, we've done this kind of thing before. We've... Cast out demons left and right. Jesus gave us the power and authority. We went out and we did it. We know what to do. And so they start praying for your kid. And the first prayer doesn't work. And so then they try another prayer. Maybe another thing they heard Jesus say to a demon sometime. Or they try to lay hands on him. Or maybe a bunch of them got together and tried to lay hands on him. But it's not working. And you, as a father, are thinking, okay, I, I, I don't know what else I can do. God, I, I have done everything possible to have my son healed. I've prayed, I've sought help, and I've come to you, and I come to Jesus, who's the greatest prophet of all, they say, and his disciples who have done this kind of thing before can't do anything. The faith that had burned so bright for this man was now getting close to being a pile of ashes because life had just not gone his way. And it's just not fair because not just because this kid did nothing to deserve it. I mean, if, if I had done something that would have caused this to happen, then maybe I could understand because, you know, we've all screwed our lives up here, haven't we? Some of the stuff that we come in contact with, we deserve but this kid deserved nothing, and it just seems wrong. So, the man comes with just the little bit of faith he's got left, and he says to Jesus, have mercy on us and help us if you can. I mean, it's, it's, it's bad because I mean, sometimes this demon wants to kill my kid, and it throws him into a fire to try and burn him. Or the demon will throw him into a lake to try and drown him. We're desperate. My kid could be dead tomorrow if you don't help us. And Jesus, being the compassionate one, responds. And he says, What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. Okay, is Jesus just in a bad mood? I mean, this is one of those times where Jesus doesn't act like Jesus. He just came down from the mountaintop, and is he just so annoyed that he's got to be here on this earth? Is that what's going on? Is Jesus sometimes annoyed with us because we are so faithless? Because we have so little understanding of what the kingdom of God is supposed to be like? Does Jesus finally get to the point and say, you I I'm, I'm done with you guys. What's his heart like? We've been here before with the Syrophoenician woman, the woman who Jesus called a dog. It seems like this guy has extended himself He's run as far as he can run. He's standing before Jesus. And Jesus takes this opportunity to push him down. What what it looks like to me. When I was a Boy Scout, little kid, we used to go camping. And... Uh, we would make this fire at nighttime. Everybody would be sitting around and be singing those Boy Scout songs. Maybe have some s'mores. And uh, we try and stoke the fire really good because then we go to sleep, see? Now now starting a fire as a Boy Scout is a difficult business because, you know, they make you use, you know, a flint and steel where you've got to spark this little piece of, this little piece of tinder this little something that'll catch, or, or you do the old, um, you know, rub two sticks together routine, you know. And so you don't want to go through it again, because the Scoutmaster will not allow you to use matches. So in the morning, when you wake up, the fire looks cold and dead. And what you do is, is you start, you take a stick, and you start going through the ashes. You're looking for one live ember. One little tiny spark of life in this dead, cold, ashen fire. You're blowing on it. You're trying to find it. And you find that little thing. It glows when you blow on it. Then you bring the tinder over and you put it around there. And pretty soon it's firing up. And then you bring the kindling and you put that on top of that. And it gets a little bigger. And then you get the little sticks. And then pretty soon you got a whole fire again. It's so much easier than the other way this is what i think jesus is doing here jesus is blowing the guy down do you have any faith left at all anything i can work with what do you got what do you mean if i can Ooh, whoa, whoa i mean I do not want to piss Jesus off just because I've heard about this guy. He could turn me into a toad if he wanted to, right? So Jesus, instead of being the gentle Savior that I've always seen, ends up pushing the guy over the edge. And the Father instantly cried out, verse 24, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. It's like, well, yeah, I, I think I believe. I mean, I think maybe it's there. I don't know. I really have these great doubts. I, but, you know, maybe. I don't know. I mean, Jesus, help. I don't, please. Ah. I mean, that's the extended amplified version. If you get that, it's in a Bible somewhere. <laughs> Verse 25. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. It's kind of like, I'm in a timeline. I, you know, I, um, And uh, the more people around here, the worse it's going to get. So uh, I'm going to take care of this right now. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he's rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. He could have said, like, in my name, I command you. But it's like, since he was the one doing it, he didn't have to. You see, we got this little formula, right? We do. We we know that we have no power in our own name, so we say, okay, well, well, whenever we come in contact with a demon, we're going to say out in Jesus' name, then it has to come out. Let me tell you a little story. So, back in the church in the city days when we used to meet over there, just about this is 2007, I think. Some of you have heard the story, but I'm going to tell it in detail. There was this girl who was manifesting demons in the foyer before church. She was convulsing in a chair. She was shaking. She was moaning and groaning. And um, I walked in, and there were a crowd of people around praying, trying to uh, care for her. But she was just convulsing and groaning. and, And as soon as you walked in the foyer there, you could feel that it wasn't just physical. Like, They hadn't called 911 for a reason, because it was painfully obvious that this was a spiritual matter, that this girl had a demon that was making her go all which way. Uh, And I felt it, too. I remember Bob Till, a lifelong missionary, was there in the foyer. I walked in. I said, Bob, this is not just physical, is it? And he said, no. When a missionary says no, then you believe it. Because I felt it, and he felt it, and that was enough for me. Now, I looked over at this girl, and and I I had compassion for her. I mean, and I was angry at the demons that were doing this to her body. And something came over me. I just shouted out, in the name of Jesus, I've got to say the name of Jesus because obviously I'm not him. In the name of Jesus, stop shaking her. And all of a sudden, this girl goes like, stock still. I mean, just stock still in the chair and slowly turns and looks at me. And all the lights were on, but nobody was home. It was eerie. People started backing away who were praying for her. Except for Leonor, who was sitting in a chair next to her. And had been praying the whole time silently, didn't say a word, and continued to pray. I walk over there. And so I do what the disciples did, I said, in Jesus' name, come out of her. No response. In Jesus' name, I command you, evil spirit, come out of this woman. This is the reply I got in this kind of voice. No, I won't. I said, spirit, you're coming out of there because Jesus has died and spilled his blood for the forgiveness of sins. You're coming out. In Jesus' name, come out. No, I won't. In Jesus' name, come out. No, she's mine. Back and forth and back and forth. Now, I am wondering at that moment, why isn't this working? (laughs) She stopped shaking. I know Jesus' name is effective, but nothing else is going on except for this argument. And I'm thinking, wow, I wonder how long before people start showing up for church. I mean, I have no doubt that this demon's coming out. I just don't know how long it's gonna take. And I'm thinking, what's this gonna look like? How are we gonna do this? Like we're gonna put a wall of people up here so they don't see as they walk in. Can I we 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 pick her up? Can we tell the demon to follow? I mean, what do we do? (laughs) Meanwhile, Leonore is silent. And I just keep going, because I'm going, I don't care how long this takes. I mean, I'm in this now. I'm not giving up. I mean, I am not giving up a fight with the demon until the demon flees at the the name of Jesus. I mean, you don't want to do that. (laughs) Can you go home after that? You know, you'd be afraid at every creak in the room as you're sleeping. Anyway, this goes back and forth for a while. People start coming back in. And they start praying again, some in tongues, some just in English. And then all of a sudden, leonora breaks her silence and starts praying for the little girl inside. This woman turns into butter, and she slides off the chair onto the floor, sobbing, as Leonor continues to pray for her. I mean, just the body language is crazy. From the jerking around, convulsing to the rigid stock still, now to the sliding like liquid onto the floor. It was amazing. She was the closer. Leonor was. Afterwards, I, we, we talked. I go, what was going on with you? How come you didn't say anything for a long time? All of a sudden, you started praying. She goes, well, she goes, Mike, I, I had something to work out with Jesus. There was something he was asking me to do, to think to feel. And I didn't want to. And finally, I came around, and then I could pray. Is that about right, Leonor? Yeah, you can ask her the details. Demon came out. Hold that story. I'll come back to it. Verse 26, Jesus tells the demon to leave. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. <coughs> Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, They asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Only by prayer. We obviously had one of those in the foyer at church in the city. You see, Jesus is telling his disciples, it's not about your technique. It's not about the words, per se. It's about your relationship with God. That's what it's about. It's not a formula. I mean, you can go on the internet. You, if you Google, like, how to cast out demons, you'd be amazed at how many things pop up. And they'll tell you how to do it. What to ask, what not to ask. They contradict each other, too. But Jesus is saying it's about a relationship. And this is the first time the disciples have failed, really, in terms of the ministry that Jesus gave them. This is the beginning of a journey for them that's going to end up with them fleeing and losing their faith at the end. In some ways, the Father is on this journey where his faith has taken a dive and we catch him at the very, very bottom of his faith story. The disciples are at the top of the curve and they're on the way down. Because soon enough, they'll be scattered like sheep without a shepherd when Jesus is arrested, all forsaking him. All wondering if he is who he said he is. Because he is now on his way to the cross. Shifting, sifting through the ashes is what I want to talk about. There's this process that occurs in everybody's life who's a believer in Jesus where your faith will die. At least it'll look like it's dying. And the big question is when the campfire is cold and ashen gray Is there still one little tiny ember left? I've told this story before too, but I'm going to tell it again. When I was in college I took a course called The Bible as Literature. I was a new Christian. That's why I took it. Except it was being taught by a guy who liked to destroy the faith of young students. And so every day in class my faith got chipped away at. A little less, a little less, a little less till it was almost beat totally out of me. And I never forget this. Coming out of class, walking in front of University Hall, looking down at the sidewalk, at the cracks in the sidewalk. I did not believe in God anymore. And the last desperate attempt, the only glowing ember I had underneath all of that ash was God I don't even think you're there right now but if you are there if you can help me please restore my faith You know, don't let your doubt hinder your prayer life. Don't let your doubt hinder your prayer life, please. Be like the man in the story. Your faith has to go through this thing. There's this weird principle that unless something dies, it can't produce fruit. Jesus said this. He said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it cannot produce any fruit. Because we know that when a a single seed falls down, a seed of wheat, a kernel of wheat, will then rise up into a stalk that produces grain. 30 times, 60 times, 100 times that which was sown. Your faith will come to this point. Alright? Please hear me. If you are really following Jesus, your faith will come to this point where it looks dead. If it doesn't, then Jesus isn't working in your life. Because you will come to the edge and He will push you over. He will blow down your life looking for that one last ember. And if you have that, he can heal you. He obviously found that in this man. How many of you know people who have not allowed Jesus to blow them down? Who have not come to him saying, well, look, Lord, if you can do anything. Where they've just given up. I mean, maybe you've seen friends of yours. The group As I Lie Dying has another song called Illusions. I'm going to just read the words for you now. They should be back here. How could I ever go back, back to the life where I lived amongst the dead? How could I go back to live amongst the dead? Those who have forgotten how to feel, have become slaves to memory and wishful thinking. But your love has set me free as you have awakened every star that has been sleeping in the constellation of my soul. How could I go back to live amongst the dead? Those who imprisoned beauty. I never want to leave your arms, so I wait in hope for your embrace. For your embrace, I wait and hope. For your embrace, I wait and hope. For your embrace, yeah. Illusions of what I thought was love. Illusions of what I thought was love. Now I have clear sight to see. I've left nothing behind. You may say, but Mike, it didn't work out for me. I'm not like the man in the story. I prayed for my mom. I, I mustered up all the faith I could have, and, and, and I brought it to Jesus, and you know what? She still died. Or I prayed for my marriage. I prayed to God that he would save it. I fasted, and I prayed. I did everything I knew how to do, and you know what? My, life, my wife left me anyway. it didn't work out for Jesus either. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread, and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, take this bread and eat it. This is my body broken for you? And in the same manner, he took the cup of wine that was there. And he said, this cup is a new covenant. It's a new agreement that I'm making with you. It's my blood shed for the forgiveness of your sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. Because you know what? It didn't work out for Jesus. He went to the cross. He died. The worst, the worst ending produces the best result. I've been following Jesus now for going on 40 years. Almost. Two more years to go. I have screamed at God. I have doubted God's existence. I have felt like I have died to Everything I knew. And yet this I can tell you. On the other side of death is a resurrection. This man in the story, this father in the story, got his son back. But that son died again. That son died. Down the, road. the father died down the road. You're going to die down the road. Death precedes resurrection. Let us not give up faith. And if we're at the end of our faith... Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Don't let your doubt hinder your prayer life. Keep the fires, even though they appear dead. Throw them at Jesus' feet. Allow him to blow on the ashes of your faith and bring them to life. Now, at some of the earth, when we take communion... We uh, have a loaf of bread, you'll tear off a piece, you'll dip it into the cup, and um, there'll also be a gluten-free option right there. If you love Jesus and you follow Jesus, then you're welcome to come and participate in taking communion. If you're not a follower of Christ, um, I would encourage you not to take communion, but you may come up, you may get a blessing. If you feel like you're not ready for communion or it's not the right time, just fold your hands over your chest, and um, one of the folks serving communion will, will, will bless you, will pray for you. And for those who would like deeper prayer, maybe you need to say to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. We'll have some folks back here in that room over to the right, to pray with you during and after communion, if you would like to pray. So, let's begin now. Heavenly Father, I come to you. I ask you to take, Lord, what little faith that I have and use it. Jesus, I... I lay it all before you. There are so many areas in my life where I doubt you, but I I don't want to go back to living in the land of death. I never want to leave your arms. So I wait in hope for your embrace. I wait in hope for your embrace. I wait in hope for your embrace. In Christ's name, amen.